podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots podcast and YouTube channel and welcome to a new show that we've decided to call Canny Chatter. Um, I'm Scott, I'm your host for this and I am joined by match preview regulars Ian, Harry and Joe. Uh, boys, how are we doing on this fine Tuesday evening? I am doing beautiful mate, thank you. Yeah, good. good. Don't 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 all speak at once. This is an audio podcast. Oh, no, honestly, I'm really excited. No, I'm really excited <laughs> for this one. It's going to be very. Uh, I have no idea what to expect. So it's yep. going to be exciting. And yeah, no, I'm looking, looking for it. Yeah, looking for a gen- absolute shit with you lads. It's going to be great. Yes. Yeah, so um, the whole idea of this, just so you know, as the listener, um, we thought we'd do something a bit less formal than normal. Uh, have a bit of a chat. Talk a little bit about Newcastle. Talk maybe about a little bit about just general football, and maybe talk just absolute cod shit as well about stuff that doesn't actually uh, make any difference. So um, yeah, shall we get started, boys? Uh, we've got a few topics, mm-hmm. um, and and if you do like this, let me know. Uh, we're opening this to members to uh, suggest topics for future shows. Should this one be a success? But um, we'll get started, um, Ian. I believe. We'll start with you on this one because it's something that you wanted to bring up. And that is, regarding Newcastle United and the takeover, is the 18 months ago argument a fair one? Yes, it's like, is it a fair one? Hold on. I'm, do, I'm do, you want to ex- do you want to explain what you mean with yeah. the question before we so, Obviously, we're doing amazing uh, as it stands. Um, we've shown all season that we've we've been capable of competing with the likes of Man City, Liverpool. We've been in and around the top four pretty much up until this point. Um, what uh, what is a little gripe of mine is I feel like a lot of people aren't allowed to have not a negative opinion, but just like a almost like a constructive con- I can't even speak constructive criticism opinion if you will, of, well, that was a poor result. For example, the run that we went on against, so we had Bournemouth, Palace, West Ham, uh, and I think we drew all three of those games. For me, given how we've been playing this season, I feel we should have got more than draws in those games. But if if someone were to say that, there would be another five, six, seven, eight people saying, yeah, but you need to remember where we were 18 months ago. I get that. I get we've come a very, very, very long way in that 18-month period, but I don't think it's fair or I don't think it's it's like relevant to say, well, we're here 18 months ago. We would have lost that game. The point is we're not there anymore. Yes, yeah. we've come a massively yeah. long way, and I understand that, and I'm not expecting to then blow teams out of the water every week. But given how we've performed this season with this group of players, I feel like we should have done better in the likes of those games. And for people to say, yeah, well, 18 months ago, we were in the relegation zone. 
it's not 18 months ago now. Like we have a good group of players that should be capable of beating a side that were bottom of the league or that hadn't won in six games or whatever it was. So I get I get what people are saying. Yes, it's it's a massive achievement to, to be where we are now from where we were 18 months ago, but that doesn't mean that you can then hold us now in the standards of 18 months ago, if that makes sense. So that was my little gripe, and it seems yeah. a little bit negative, but I just feel like that people not like it's it's if it's a, like it's a bit like a cliche like if you're living in the past you can't then mm. progress in the future or whatever this, the cliche saying yeah. is about eating cakes it's and stuff like a, a get out of jail free card isn't it when we have a bad performance that people revert that and and you know it's it's quite rightfully so in some regards because it's the same group of players on the whole i mean obviously we have you know bought some pretty decent players in that 18 months but you know, I think that's the that's the main reason why I think that argument is still there. It's because you've got the likes of Jamal Lascelles pulling out worldly performances against Erling Haaland. You've got, um, and I'm saying that tongue in cheek, by the way. Uh, you've got, um, you know, even the likes wow. of Miguel Almiron being our top goal scorer this season. Like, if they if those players weren't performing, I don't think that would be used. That argument would be used as much personally. It's um, weird. I think the argument almost comes from it's not a case of like oh look where we are 18 months ago in terms of the team i've seen it used a lot in terms of you're not allowed a negative opinion because of where we were 18 months ago mm. so like there's a lot of play like and i thought this like oh we everyone had this conversation saying what our expectation is going to be like and i thought oh my expectations will be fine i was like top 10 cup run we're currently top 10 and we had a bloody good cup run mm. and 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 you could say that's it, but I cannot lie. I think my expectations maybe have gone up a little bit because you didn't expect us to sit where we were for so long, and we did. We're hitting this negative patch of form now, and I, I think people are going, well, 18 months ago, you'd never expect us in this position. We are in this position. Let's kind of realise that we got in this position because we played good football. It wasn't chance, um, and that's why when I say the 18 months ago, it annoys me slightly because... Exactly like Ian said, it, it it's not eighty months ago anymore. Mm. We're currently sitting. Are we fifth, sixth, sixth, sixth at the minute? Sixth now, I think. Yeah, two yeah. games and on. And yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah, and and here's the thing as well. We know the uh, we know the, the the ceiling that this team can form at. We've seen it. I mean, we've 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 chatted about how the the. We really rely on like what 13, 14 players, and obviously across a whole season that is going to cause you some issues. But I mean, think about like October and first half of November before the World Cup. That core group of players were absolutely smashing it, and you have to use that as the benchmark. Kind of, I know Scott, what you were saying about how a lot of the team is the same, and to be fair, across a whole squad, you know, we do have many players that were still part of that old regime. But you've got the likes of Hope Botman. Um, obviously, I mean, you can obviously look at the January well, Isak as well. Look at the January signs as well. Um, Trippier, uh, Bruno, um, Dan Byrne. Since those players have come in, our uh, you know our performances have almost flipped overnight, haven't they? We had you know maybe what because how came in November and then obviously struggled with some results, but since January, really, we've we've been on this steep upward trajectory and. Yeah. It's only really just sort of coming to a bit of a halt. And so when we're stood at almost the edge of this mountain that we've climbed, 
and we're seeing this this little dip it's natural to ask questions of well why what where's this going wrong we have to also maybe look at the difference between expectations week in week out on the pitch and then also expectations in a wider uh on a wider scope as to where we are as a club and it's down to just having maybe a little bit of um uh perspective on where this project this journey is going for newcastle so you know i think both sides of the coin here really do make valid arguments uh but the problem is is when you get this hyper of people going either what you know strongly on one side or strongly on the other and it's a case if you can't have you can't have either or i mean who would have thought that twitter could be like that right <laughs> yeah exactly i mean we all know what that mess of a platform is like and it's getting worse thanks to elon musk and he's uh firing everyone and then hiring people and not knowing what's going on but anyway that's a different story for a different podcast i do i mean obviously that was just my view on it my actual opinion is that we shouldn't really be using this argument anymore um i don't think it's valid i do agree with ian um because like you said it's not 18 months ago look at your face pumping for those obviously this is all audio this is audio, isn't it? It's audio, and Ian is fist pumping, um, which doesn't go down too well. But um, we'll get used to this. It's it's a new it's a new podcast, lads. So we'll we'll get used to we'll get used to audio cues instead of visual ones. Um, obviously, the other thing to to bear in mind is that it's not just the players that have come in, but we've had an entire new backroom staff come mm-hmm. in. Pretty much, we're training players five, six days a week or however many it is, not three days or whatever Bruce was not attempting to do. Um, we've got a manager who lives in the area. I mean, that's that that's big enough as well. I'm pretty sure Steve Bruce is driving back and forth from Salford, which was why we were only training for as little as we were. So, yeah, I mean, the players obviously are the end result in terms of what happens on the pitch, but there's so much goes on off the pitch, so much in the train and so much in the, probably even just the hiring of players, of, of not even players, of, of staff that, you know, positions that you've never heard before are now coming in for Newcastle United. And the only positions you really see on football manager or you see on like other things, you know, like sport analysts and, you know, um, data analysts or and all that sort of stuff. good run football clubs. Yeah, at, at well run football clubs. Yeah. I mean, we've got a director of football and it's not Dennis Wise. I mean, that's all you need to know. You know, it, it's 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 different, and I, and I think the, the the biggest concern people have is we still have that. Well, it's Newcastle. Something's going to turn on the bite when the arse eventually, and we need to get out of that mentality because the only thing that could bite us in the arse is the Premier League turn around and go, okay, this can't happen anymore. You no longer have these owners. You know, you're back on the market. You've got. It's to not sign. even a team, let's, and let's it's not, not even a. Team, well, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm. But that's what I'm yeah, saying. I know, it's I the know. only thing that really could be a. Well, it's Newcastle. Things are going to go wrong, um, or the Saudis get bored and the Selva. But I don't think that's going to happen. How could they possibly get bored of this roller coaster? Hey, well, put it this way, right? Where are you? Uh, no, there's a right. Well, there's an old cliche in football, isn't it? That week is not a long time. So how can we possibly talk about 18 months being, you know, as a Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the other thing. If you look at the press, two weeks ago, it was like, well, Newcastle, they're challenging for the title. They're third in the mm. league, blah, blah, blah. And now we're in six. It's like, oh, well, this is what we all expected, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, come on, you can't have it both ways. Like, they run the narrative week by week, and we run the narrative on the whole season. Well, why, that's it. Like, 
like I don't think you would ask any fan, even even when we're sitting third. I think we were second at one point. Um, if if we had any chances of winning the title, I don't think any sensible thing a Newcastle fan would be like, yeah, we're in a title race. Like for me, in terms of the expectation, it wasn't that. I think anything improvement on last season. Obviously, how came in mid sort of midway through. Was it, yeah, midway through last season. November with, it was, yeah. Yeah, got with yeah. to 11th. Um, so for me, it was always interesting to see how he would manage with a, a full a full season. And he's exceeded expectations. For me, I would have said anything above 11th is wait, yeah. is is literally an improvement, which he has. He's got however, though, however you did, I remember towards the end of last season when we were sat in 11th and the, the rate at which we were picking up points and scoring goals, we all kind of had the conversation of going next season, we could be up there. And I think some of us said, like, in terms of what the points that we were getting averaging per game, would be sitting like third, second, even first. Yeah, third. Yeah. So, so, so that mm-hmm. some people, people were saying, well, next year we can push for that. And we have mm-hmm. pushed for that. And now we are here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, I know we've been talking about this 18 month thing a, a lot, but when you, Really look at the the changes made. What am I saying? What am I trying to say here? Can someone help me out? So the changes the changes made from the dog shit team that we had with Steve Bruce in in charge, and then t- to now is massive difference. So everyone's going, "Wow, look at this difference!" You're you're challenging up here. Stop complaining. We are now. We are here. We There's no that that is us now. There's no difference from from where we were then because that's the same team. Is the team that's playing now. So if you're going, oh, well, you were 11th and da da da, and you were battling relegation, we need to keep pushing for this going up because my expectations have gone up. I was disappointed with the 2 0 loss to Liverpool. I didn't expect us to win, but mm. I, I did predict 2 0 in the, in, in the preview. But I, I was disappointed with the loss. And then you say last year, you would have kind of expected it, and that's where the difference is. You can't use that argument anymore, because I think a lot of people would have been disappointed with that loss, but 18 months ago, people would have gone, ah, oh, it, was, it was Liverpool, I mean, we're going to try now, but now more people are disappointed, so if you're arguing yeah. the 18 months ago point, you can't then say that you were disappointed at the Liverpool result, if you, if you want to keep your head within that time when we got taken over. I got me point eventually, we'll get there. <clears throat> yeah. No, listen, the sensible thing to do with this the sensible thing to do with this, right, is that yeah. expectations can and should change across the season. Yeah. Based on performances, based on circumstances, based on everything that you see. That's natural. That's completely like you it should. You shouldn't have the same expectations at the start of the season as you should halfway through, as you should three quarters of the way through. It doesn't really make sense because at the end of the day, you can only go off what you're seeing, right? Over a long t- uh, period of time, you're getting more data, you're getting more um, statistics that will uh, obviously help you reach, hopefully, a, you know, a more accurate conclusion, right? Now, looking at it, though, the problem is, is when people look at that in isolation and go, well, we, sh- you know, we were champion- uh, challenging for like Champions League back in October. Why yeah. is it we're now really struggling to come close to that, close to those performances. And then that's when you need to take a step back and then and look at the wider scope of where we are as a squad. So, yeah, yeah we may not be reaching the same heights as we were in October, but who the hell thought that Miggy Almiron was going to score every game for the rest of the season? He's now shit, though, but, let's be honest. He's not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not performing in the same way. To be fair, 
he's our top goal scorer since January and he's got two assists. So, I mean, he's doing better than a lot of the players if you want to go off straight off numbers. Um, so, we've only scored three goals, <laughs> bear in mind. So, it's, you know, but yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think you're right, Joe. I mean, the fact we were fourth and we were third and I think for a very short still can't time, be still can't we be second. we're not we still, yeah tonight. absolutely we still can't be but would you be disappointed if we end the season without the Caribou Cup we already know that that isn't happening even though that was a dream a week ago two weeks ago and finishing outside of those European spots is that is that a disappointing season now but would you have took that at the start of the season yeah but, but now we know yeah. now we know what this team is capable of and that's and that's the difference. We've seen. We didn't know what this team would look like with Pope in, with Botman in, um, with Isak coming into the squad. Obviously, Gordon is. You know, he's still very, still very early days. So we don't really know how, exactly how he's going to impact it, but I assume it's going to be positive. We have seen more of this team now, and we're playing a far different type of football than we were getting out of that relegation scrap. My expectations for this season, when I said a, a good cup run in top ten. If now we were to finish 10th, 9th, that is a massive failure, in my opinion, because of the position that we... can do more. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the position that we've been yeah. in, if, if you want to be, I don't know if the word's realistic, you could say, well, if you look at the other teams around us and the squad, squad depth they have compared to our squad depth, then that could be a reason that someone might want to push to the why we dropped out of even European spaces. But I think you can't use that argument at all. When, like you were saying, Scott, you were sat like top of the table and quite comfortably for a long while, especially when we're sat in fourth. I think at one point we're six points uh, clear in a Champions League position. Um, So it would have been a failure now if I look back at my expectations for this season or what I said would be a good season would actually now be a failure if it was to happen. Also, we wouldn't have predicted that both Liverpool and Man United would start the season so shit and have this yeah. Massive resurgence. They're looking like the teams that we we've used to been seeing. Well, Man United maybe not so much. They're obviously uh, coming into a new regime with Ten Hag. But Liverpool are looking like the team of the last few years that were challenging titles. Spurs are still shit. I still think we'll finish above <laughs> them. But the, Liverpool and Man United are two fantastic teams with great squad depth, as we just said. And yeah. sooner or later. They were going to shoot back up the table and there's only so much we can do about that. Yeah, obviously, you know, certain things are still within our hands, but I mean, come on, you're really battling with some giants here and you have to take that into a bit of perspective. It's funny how much Chelsea have just disintegrated into a team that nobody even thinks about. They're sitting in 10th. Yeah. They yeah. should be taking that sixth spot or that fifth spot or whatever it is. So, you know, if you look at it from the bigger picture, like the and you, you talk about player depth, I don't think anyone's spent as much money as Chelsea over the past couple of seasons. Well, over the past season. Um, you know, they they should be up there, but it's just not clicking for them. And do you, do you think that, you know, those teams, you know, you mentioned Man U having a poor start, you mentioned Liverpool having a poor start in Chelsea. Has that just exaggerated our performance a little bit? Or do you think we would still be in the position we were in if those teams were also perform how they should be. Bear in mind, you know, they would have played us and the results that we got against those teams maybe would have been different. Um, so points may have been a little bit less for us. I think it's a bit of both. I think we, we've we probably exceeded our own expectations. But given how... I think, to be honest, I think Roger said it last at the end of last season, Liverpool 
he said maybe weren't the force that they were with obviously the age in midfield, mm-hmm. which which has been picked up recently. Man, you are in a new transition period. Chelsea under new ownership, new new manager. Um, new everything for Chelsea. Yeah, Spurs obviously are just Spurs. So I think it is a mixture of that and us being being really good. We, we do look like a classy outfit. We, we look like we're. We know how to play football. We don't just sit and defend for ninety minutes. Contrary to some performances that what like called for it, Arsenal away, obviously. But we we do take take the game uh, to teams now. I think where our feeling is, and again, this will come with time, because like you say, it's only eighteen months into the regime. You haven't got those really clinical quality players. You've got yeah. Bruno. You've got. Arguably, Isaac. Although I still, I still feel it's a little bit too early to judge him. But from what I've seen, I, I think he does look a very good player. Whereas yes. when you look at the likes of even Liverpool now, who have obviously made that resurgence, they've got Salah, Firmino. Um, they've got even the young talent like the likes Harvey Elliott. Uh, they've just got Gapo. Um, they've got really, really good defensive players as well. You look at Man City, who probably their third team could compete in the Premier League quite comfortably. Um, you look at our sort of not just the depth of squad, but the the actual quality, even in yeah. the start eleven, and I think that's what separates. So I think for me now, in terms of successful, I still think I still think finishing in a not a Champions League spot. I think that's possibly a little bit too far for it. Um, although there's arguments to be made that it's not, we've literally only got yeah. Premier League football to concentrate on. Other teams have Europe, the FA Cup, um, but I think. I think success for me, if you look at the top four, I think is Arsenal, City, Man United, Spurs. Then there's Liverpool. I think Liverpool could sneak into fourth. And I think it would be a case of the rest of that. So I think there's Brighton, Brentford and Fulham, which yeah. is a very strange mixture of teams that are only sort of three, four points behind us. Some with a game more, some with the same amount of games played. I think concentrate on finishing you, you know how we were saying that the the when we're in relegation fights where it was if you finish in that mini mini league at the bottom of the table you'll be fine i think switching that focus now to a different mini league so being better than the likes of fulham brentford arguably spurs as well and i think i think that would be successful because i think if you do that you finish in at least a europa league spot yeah, now here's the thing. I think that we're at the absolute bottom of that um, blip that we're currently having right now. Like, I, I personally don't see us getting any worse than what we are, and that's what gives me a lot of, uh, you know, hope and reason to think that we will be finishing in we're the not top bad, six. Which is frustrating, though. Yeah, we're not. We're you say worse, we're, we're not bad, are we? No. Yeah. 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 It's, it's frustrating when you look at Man City and you look at when we played Liverpool. There was. Liverpool, we couldn't do much because we had 10 men, but we also didn't look bad and we, and we, and we took to them every now and then. But what opportunities as well to, to score in that game? One of the, you know, the better side for a lot of that game. We just don't hit it. And like Bobby was saying, I think we'll talk about it in the, in the chat when Jacob Murphy came on. You've got someone who, yes, might be classed as a bit of a headless chicken, but a headless chicken puts the ball in the box. Kevin Trippier turns around and passes back to Nick Pope. Like, it's but going back to what Scott said about kind of when we're talking about the squad depth and stuff with Chelsea, you've got my United Liverpool, and you said it would we finish kind of fourth if they were on form. I think would have been challenging them. I don't think it would have been where we were, 
And I think this is what we have to look at now for next season because we are on massive catch-up to those types of teams. Because if we want to compete, we cannot be bringing on Richie. We can't be bringing on, although I've just been saying good about him there, Murphy, we, we can't bring on those players if you're challenging those in those places. Like Bernardo Silva coming on for Man City and scoring against us, that's ridiculous. The club knows that, though. The, cl- the club is yeah. very, very aware of the shortcomings. I, I, listen, I think I, I do think that this summer, I think this summer will be a major overhaul of the, of that second half of the squad. I really do. But, you know, I, I know Ian. I know you mentioned a few times that you were a little bit, maybe a di- bit disappointed. I think it's fair to say of, of the business in January or I mean, the lack thereof, uh, you know, changing players in and out. But some uh, to me, January is a very difficult window, and sometimes the deals just aren't there to be had. We're still very much um, chained up with with FFP, and we're going to be getting a lot more deals in the summer. Going to get a new uh, shirt sponsor. We'll be getting new commercial partners in. Normally, deals are more free and available uh, in the summer as well. And I'm not sure whose contracts up, but I'd imagine that that would make things a little bit easier. I, I just think that this summer gives us, and obviously, you know, more time as well. You get like three months in the summer as opposed to one month in January. I think that this summer we're, we're going to see a big overhaul in the likes of Richie, etc. Will mm-hmm. will be gone. What you said there, though, that's the market we that's the market we could double in those like the free agents because you've got players in there who are who who are aging who who are quite aging players but experienced players. It's like when like I, I always go back to him. James Milner is a perfect example of in like however old he is. How old is he? Thirty one, maybe maybe four. He's about thirty five. I'm sure he's about thirty five. Absolutely, it's absolutely nuts that he can come on and. And deliver that performance, because, and that's also because of the experience he's had. That if you look at all these free agents, just bring people in who are probably happy just to be on a training pitch, pay them probably a silly wage, but they're the type of player that can sit behind. So like Kieran Trippier will eventually probably turn up to Harrison Ashby. You need players within the team with more experience for those development players, so we can then bring in the likes of Isaac and these up and coming talents, where you've got someone in the rear going. This is how you need to progress in football and, and go through it with that. And I think the free agents is, is perfect for that. I don't know how it works with financial fair play. Uh, obviously, with the wages, I imagine the wages would be extortionate when you look at some of the players that we could possibly get um, on a free in the summer. But it's something we'll, have to, we'll definitely have to look at. We weren't going to do this, but I put a picture in our group chat earlier about the free agents available in the Premier League. So let's just rattle through a few of those names. And I just want yes or no's from people. Would you take them? Um, I'm going to assume a lot of this is yes, but let's have a look. So, top of the list, Yuri Tielemans. I think that's a renowned yes, yes from everyone. Yeah. Yes. Right? Uh, Wilfred Zaha. I would yes. be on the fence for him, if I'm being honest. He's a good player, mm. but... His temperament for me. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he just seems a bit like he's not up there for us. Yeah. I think he's 30, 31. And I think if you look at... Look, look, at, look at Alan St. Maximin, though, in the way that he's currently yeah. being managed. I feel it'll be a lot of the same thing. I mean, he's a great player. But... Bobby Firmino? 100%. Oh, bloody hell, yes. Uh, good one from uh, City. Yes. yes. Absolute, great player. player. I think he's, I'm sure he's going to Barca, though. I'm sure he's probably going to Barca, yeah. This is just a players out of contract in June. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to go through everything, but let's pick some of them. Uh, Sayonuchu, Sami Katia, Nelson Semedo, Lucas Mora. Um, I know he's getting yeah. on a bit, but I would have Lucas Mora nah. as an impact sub. As a replacement for Jacob Murphy, I would have, I would have Lucas Mora as a million percent. Jacob Murphy's the goat. Come for the bunch. We've, we've, uh, we've let Tomato <laughs> go there too easily, by the way. 
Tomatoes are good right back. Yeah. Because you've got, you've got Trippier, uh, yes, you've 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 got Kieran Trippier at the minute, who is, I'd say, playing out of sorts. He's overhitting passes. His set pieces have got a bit stale and boring compared to what they were. Don't get us wrong; they're not horrendous. They're not like absolutely shocking. But we used to have a little bit of style, and we didn't know what was coming on a corner. I got excited for a corner, um, but now I'm just like, oh, going to go back post and head straight back up our end. But then you have got Harrison Ashby who. I mean, I, I doubt we'll see him this season. Um, uh, we'll probably see him maybe next season, pre-season and like early Carabao Cup, FA Cup games. But if you brought in Semedo, that's perfect just to give Trippi that rest because he is getting on and you worry about his um, obviously his, his body really. He's like made out of glass, a bit like Wilson. He always seems to be going down. Do you not think with them two, and again, this is no disrespect to Trippi because I think he's been literally one of the best signings we've ever had. I think... And I think the same sort of applies to Wilson. There's no real pressure on them to perform because they don't have ready replacements coming. And that's why, as much as as much as I didn't rate Chris Wood at all, at least it's an like Isaac was still unsure on if he's an out and out striker, if he's a number ten, if he's if he's sort of plays out wide or or whatnot. You've literally only got Callum Wilson as a striker. He's under no pressure to perform, yeah. which I think could potentially have something to do with how poor he's been. Um in, in the last in the same with Trippier, I think since the World Cup, you, you're right, Harry, I think he's he's crossing, he's passing, has been very, very subpar. Not saying that he's a bad player at all, but he then has he literally has Harrison Ashby who I've heard of him because we were linked with him maybe his last season, the season before. But I've not seen him play, so you can't. You literally can't make judgment on well. He's yeah. so he's he's under no pressure to perform. I'm not saying that he's he's not performing because of that, but I think there's there's something subconsciously where oh well, if I have a bad game, is he really going to drop me for the likes of Harris or Ashby sort of thing? Yeah, complacency can't kick in. Um, you know, you, you, if you don't have anything to threaten, even in everyday life, of, in in terms of you know, you, like for us, our day job. There's nothing threatening that. You get complacent, you get comfortable, you get your feet under the table, as they say, and you need something to light that fire under your ass to either take the next step or for you to take a step back, review, and then move to something completely different. And yeah, I think you're right with Callum Wilson, you know, before the World Cup, obviously his goal and his sole goal was, I'm going to do everything I can to get into that England squad because this is my last chance of playing in a major tournament for England and I think that had a lot to do with his performance and the way he was playing you know we've seen it over the years Callum Wilson is a great striker but he had his injury he came back from his injury and he was performing like a tank maybe that was too much for him and he's paying for mm-hmm. that now uh, maybe he wasn't ready to come back and maybe he shouldn't have went to the World Cup because I think he got sick over Christmas as well and he hasn't well, did he get sick? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like COVID, he's always got, oh, no, he's always got, I was a COVID, but it's always like Eddie Howell, he's got a knock or he's he's got a sickness <laughs> bug. But <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's really, Wilson is winding me up at the minute and I love the bloke for what he's done for us. Um, but at the minute, he, he just seems not committed to anything he's going in for. It's like when you see the ball get like hoofed up long, which we seem to be doing a lot lately, which has stressed me the fuck out, like, like going back to Brucey ball. But he's hoofing it up long and then he's kind of just putting a body in the air. He's got no conviction in his jump. He's not, he's just, he's just putting a body, like backing up it. Kind of what Harry Kane does, but the difference is Harry Kane wins the ball and usually scores after winning the ball. Um, 
I think Isaac is screaming, like we're screaming. I just love to see him start. And that's why I worry where Eddie Howe's whole, well, he's performing in training. We'll see how training goes. If they perform in training, they're starting the game. We need to start looking at the games now because, yes, we don't see what goes on behind the scenes, but for the last three or four games, Wilson's been infuriating to watch me. So you've you've got to be starting Isaac just to give him a chance because so you look back in training, like who was it that came out the other day saying Eden Hazard was the laziest lump in training? I can't remember who it was. It was like John Obi Mikel or something said he was one of the laziest players in training. But then on the pitch, he was an absolute god. He, at one point, he was like, well, I don't know how much he went to Real Madrid for, but it was definitely a hefty fee. Um, so it shows that it's not all about the training. Um, Wilson can perform in training maybe because the intensity is lower. People probably won't touch Wilson in training because they get told not to because he's made out of glass. So that's probably why Eddie Howe goes, oh, wow, look, he's, he's bouncing off players. Yes, because they're not tackling him because he's, Ah, he winds me up. I'm not going to say anything I regret, but he's really winding us up, and I just want to see a change. Should we move on, boys? And let's yeah. let's change the subject a little bit. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep it on football, but let's get a bit more lighthearted with this one. Um, you're at the match. The half-time whistle blows. You get about your seat. You have a cheeky piss, and then you're at the concourse. What is your favourite half-time food or... If you could add something to the menu at St. James's Park, what would it be? By the time you've had a piss in those toilets, it's second half. That is true. In the second half. But um, no, nah, the, the halftime foods are uh, kind of vile at the ground. Like, apart from the chicken, if anyone's had the chicken at the ground. You bought chicken from there, you bold man. They do chicken bites. Chicken bites, chips, curry is sensational. Stupidly yeah. expensive. But if that, I'd still buy it. So if you're going to say what you're going to put in there, I want a Savaloy dip. I love Ooh, a Savaloy dip. A Savaloy dip. dip, everything on, including mustard, double dipped. Not just one pansy little dip, double dipped. Unbelievable. Dixon Savaloy dips are good. You know what it is? And actually saying that, Greg's is a baker's and Dixon's is a butcher's in this, so you can't really compare. But I rate Dixon's more than I rate Greg's. Controversial, I know. But. Dixon's used to do the uh, kebab pasty, didn't they? I think that was Milligan's. Milligan's, 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 unreal. chili sauce, Donna. Oh, yeah. you know what it is? Oh. Unreal, absolutely <laughs> unreal. Um, I used yeah. to work at St James's, so the food I probably wouldn't touch because I know what goes on with it. Um, saying that, that, that was that years wrong. and years ago. <laughs> Might actually <laughs> slaver it all over. Alleg- allegedly. 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 Wait, can you not remember when all the, the horse meat saga came about with like Tesco's, Lizard, yeah. and um, I can't remember what company it was. Other frozen food brands are available. Cool. And, I, and I don't want to get the podcast in trouble, so I'll just say a, a catering company. Um, literally had to release a statement to say that there's no horse meat in the burgers or anything like that. But when I, because I used to work in the, the Magpie Suite, which if anyone's ever been to like a, a high school prom or wedding, that's the room that they have it in, the massive, massive corner one. Um, and it was class because you used to get like the three course meal that like the, the like the corporate tables had for your dinner. But then it, like it was potluck where you got put. Um, in the end, like I ended up in the Platinum Club, which literally just sold them horse burgers. So, um, yeah. probably wouldn't have allegedly, allegedly horse burger. And that's the thing as well, because it was like 
it was just the the scab like we got it in the second half, so it was just the scabby ended ones as well. So it was just like mm. it was minging. Um, but I used should I tell you what I used to love? Oh, well, I still love rollover hot dogs. I know they're probably as bad as horse burgers, but is is that the one where they put the bun on the skewer and then the bun goes into the bread? The bun goes into the bread. <laughs> No, but no, but you know where the hot dog you open you open the bread up, right? And you sit there. The hollow it out, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, like yeah. A, like half a baguette and the hollow it yeah, out and yeah. put the roll over hot dog. Round, though, they leave Honestly. it in the bag for way too long. If anyone's ever had a Russell's burger, do you know the bottom of the bun, if you've put it in the microwave, goes rock solid like stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens to the rollover buns when you leave them in that bag for too long because they just steam for ages and you'd crack into it and the only thing that's edible is the sausage. So I'll, I'll, I always remember when I was in college, Newcastle College, Rye Hill Campus, represent, um, they got those hot dogs in. And I remember getting one for the first time and no one knew what to do with them. Everyone was just taking them out the bag and eating them. But they used to press. The, um, <laughs> what else are you going to do with well, them? No, you don't know, but I mean like with the bag. And I, the reason I'm saying that this story, let, let, me, let me get to the end of this. They pressed the bun too far on the skewer and it pierced a hole in the bottom. So all the sauce to put in, you bite into it and it just went everywhere. Oh, so for the first few oh. weeks, you see people walking down Dry Hill with mustard and ketchup all over the top. <laughs> oh, and then wrong. they realised, all oh, these bags are obviously, you keep it in when you eat, in case that happens. Um, for me, obviously, I don't go to the match, right? Because I, I can't, because I live in Amsterdam. So I, I, don't, I don't get to the game. And even when I'm at the game, I don't tend to buy the food. Um, I normally eat before or after. Yeah. But something I would love to see added, and maybe it's not at the game, but in a truck around the game and i think i've spoke about this before in the group chat but i'll i'll i'll, I'll share this this nugget of of culinary genius i was in i was in a place called eau claire in wisconsin in the u.s right and, and i go there every year for me work um and they had a thing where there was like a, a do on and they did something called a walking taco where you get a bag of doritos just a normal Normal size bag, not like a share bag. I mean, you could do it with a share bag, but just normal size bag. You open it up and you crunch the the crisps up so that they're in, you know, medium, small size bits. Then you've got a station like Subway where it's all stuff you'd put in a taco or a burrito and you spoon it into the bag of the Dorito, right? With your sour cream, with your with your chicken or your, your pulled pork, whatever it is, put it all in, salsa, salad the lot. You shake the bag up. And you get a fork and you walk around with this aluminium bag, which keeps the heat of everything in. And you eat the Doritos and taco with a fork. Now, I was eating this after way too many beers. We were in a, in a brewery somewhere in Eau Claire. And I just couldn't help thinking, just thinking, these would absolutely rock in the UK. But also, these would do so well at the match. Just imagine people walk around with bags of Doritos. And obviously, you've got to pick the chili heat wave Dorito. Like, if you're picking any other Dorito, <laughs> you're just wrong. wrong. Like, maybe it's the cheese if you dip it in salsa. Oh, no, see. So it's like a Taco Bell cereal. It's like having a hard shell taco, but it's in yeah. a bag and it's all mushed up. And it's well, I was going to I was gonna say regular burrito, like a, a big fat burrito would be great. Because yeah. the problem is, a lot of the food you get, is like proper messy and mm. the last thing i personally want is to be like covered in cheese or grease or whatever i just want yeah. 
big fat the burritos, everything inside. The so at the ground, if we had a Mexican, though, would be horrific. Uh, <laughs> horrendous yeah, anyway. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> no, I mean, it might stop people doing, you know what people do in the toilets at matches because it's full of Mexican allegedly. enders. Then, allegedly. 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 Yeah. People have really bad colds in the toilets at Newcastle. Um, yeah. But yeah. So... You you mentioned you mentioned messy food there, Joe. Where do you stand on the mince pie? Well, it's funny you say that because I was going to say whenever my dad whenever my dad used to take me to the matches when I was younger, every single time without fail, I'd get a mince pie, Mars bar, and bottle of coke, and that would meal be deal. me sorted in. I swear, it was a magpie, yeah. Wasn't it? I invented yeah. meal deals before Tesco invented meal deals <laughs> before yeah. boots, and uh, yeah, and uh, I swear to God, I don't know if they've changed since. Well, in the last fifteen years, but I swear to God, the mince pies used to be absolutely unreal. They used to burn your gob off mine because I'd always be too keen, yeah, yeah. and I'd open them up and I'd yeah scald myself. But they were absolutely fantastic. How do you eat them? Because I've seen a variation of obviously with your mouth, but there's I've seen people that like hold it and like eat it. Oh, I'm on video; people can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> hold it, and then people hollowing it out with a fork. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to be tactical then, about this. Then it, then it, then it leaves sort of like the the crust, which is like, mm. and then I've seen people just just go like, just go all in, like take it out the foil, use the foil as a meat catcher, and eat it. See what I would say with that. You start by doing that, and you take away some of the bulk on one side, and then as you have a little bit. Of a, of a gap there, that's when you can start taking some of the side of the crust off because there'll be less spillage because there'll be just more on the other side. And then you can, and what you can do is you can use gravity to your advantage as well and just slightly angle it. Oh. So that, so that it doesn't fall over. It's all about the physics. It's all about physics. So yeah, I would say there, there's not one right way of doing it, but it's just about being creative. There's, there's only one way to eat a, a, a mince pie for me, and that's on a plate with a boatload of gravy. And beans. I can't. I can't be doing oh, this. Beans oh, and Greg's. gravy. Oh yeah, beans and gravy, man. Of course, but I can't be doing. I can't be doing this whole walking around eating a pie malarkey unless it's like got like. I'm not walking. I'm sat on my seat. Well, even that, like just holding. I can't be dealing with it. I, it's it's <laughs> messy. I don't like messy food. I I I prefer a, a, a meat catcher that is already there that is made of ceramic. That's your beard. That's all right, man. Gotcha. There's your meat catcher. Oh, no. your beard, Especially man. not with a beard. Check out your beard. <laughs> Burrito, burritos are pretty hard with a beard like this. And, and uh, a mince pie, I, I beg the... Beg the thing. They don't do them over here. So I've never had one for a long time. But um, yeah, I just... I cannot be dealing with messy food. Like, I, I don't know what it is. It's all, I've always been like... I know, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I love KFC. And I love getting grease everywhere on KFC. I mean, I'd love you to see a KFC at the match. That would be class. Chicken wings. Yeah. Are you um, yeah, just on the on the subject of food? Have you ever on Twitter seen that page? Foot, I think it's Footy Scran. Foods, footy Scrans, yes. And there's a there's a hey, well, Germany. I've got it right. I'm sure there's a, like a, there's a non-league club, and I kind of it's something Rio Grand. I can't remember. I'll, I'll next time it comes on. It's Rio something, and they literally look like they do restaurant quality food, and like it's absolutely unbelievable. Like three pound fifty or something, it's, and it, it's like three four quid. When, when the takeover happened, we got um Geordie Bangers in, didn't we? We got is it, is it called Geordie Bangers? The, yeah, the sausage company. So we got there's certain parts of the ground that sell like sausage rolls. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I am sure they got involved with the club 
it might be like platinum yeah. and kind of like the, the, the magpie thing. Um, I think I've only ever came across it once and didn't buy it because I was like, I might as well just get a one after the match. That's like 75% difference in the price. But yeah, we got them involved. But 75% I would like horse. to see someone else. 75% Would you like to see a Greg's in the ground? Yes. Oh, you got to do that. As long as not, it, nah, but as, as long as as long as the price is the same, it winds me up. Like I hate that how how expensive yeah. everything is in the ground. But to be fair, in fairness, I remember I had no apart from kind of some awful seasons under Steve McLaren. That's when I'd probably get food just to kind of eat me sorrows away because I was too young to drink. But at the minute, I do feel there's a lot more people eating in the ground and drinking in the ground. Like before kickoff, half time. Like after the whole takeover thing, like you see Shearer's Rams. So if they brought in a, a good food catering company, I think it would absolutely bang as long as they don't do what Tottenham did and give you like popcorn. Who wants popcorn at a football match? Absolutely. Yeah. But they've got them bottom filling pints, so that makes up for it. They've got them. them yeah. Them not when, not How do they work? It's like a magnet that comes up on the bottom. Something like that. I, I didn't go because when, when I was at Tottenham Hospital, it was like 33 degrees. I was like, I just need water. I felt like I was going to pass out. That sounds like perfect. Perfect for a beer, that. Not, not a chance. Not. I was in the sun. I was in the sun for the whole time. Wait. I mean, that's when Joe Linton showed he was the best striker in the world, but then we realised he wasn't. But, oh, that but was right. a hot weekend. Yeah, that was yeah. ridiculous. I was down on the coach. I was going down on the coach. It was about a nine-hour trip on the coach. 33 degrees. Orange kit, yeah. Phil, orange kit, yeah. Chrissy Natsu with the fantastic assist me I had um, but then it was like 33 degrees and literally the whole coach were just wearing boxes because there was no aircon on the coach no windows apart from the fire exit escape and that was the most horrific experience of my life especially getting back on the bus after the game with sunburn and sitting on those chairs topless was horrific but I'd do it all again to see Joe Linton bag because he is sensational but maybe not up front so, we've talked about 18 months ago. We've talked about your favourite halftime food. It's only natural that we move on to something completely off the topic of football and food altogether. And I'm going to ask you this first, Harry. What is something that has recently blown your mind? And I think I know the answer to this, because I think you showed with this at the beginning of the, of the podcast on the video uh, with your cans of Guinness. But... um. Maybe it's not mind blowing, but it it maybe it is. In fairness, it did it did blow my mind. It did blow my mind. So if anyone is a fan of Guinness um, and you have a Tesco club card, um, not to I mean it's the only place you can promote because it's the only place every that sells helps. it. Every little helps. Um, get yourself a club card. Get yourself. It's called Nitro Surge, and it is sensational. So like I've always liked Guinness because. I don't know, like, I just like the taste of Guinness. But I went to Dublin. It was sensational over there. I've had a few back in Newcastle, which have just been horrific. Like, the head's been, like, rusty yellow. And I'm like, how long has that keg just been sitting in your basement for? Decker's pints are horrific and really annoy me. Every time I see one of Decker's Guinness pints on any social media, he's like, whoa, look at me pint. It is awful, Decker. I'm sorry. But... Get yourself a Nitro Surge, you stick it on top of a can, 22 quid club card price on top of your can, and you pour it, and it is actually like draft quality. Make sure you have it in the fridge. Don't have a room temperature Guinness. It says on the can that you can have a room temperature one. 
I tell you now, you absolutely cannot. Have it cold. It is sensational and worth the price. As long as they don't discontinue it, because then I've just got a stupid little black thing that I put on top of literally nothing because it won't work. So don't discontinue it, please, Guinness, and keep so, it going. So do you have to buy the special cans? I think you do. Can you so just I buy a normal can any... of Guinness and just... I haven't done any research into it. There is special cans that are like, say, like the Nitro Surge kind of branding on it. But I would like to try it with a normal can. But I might do some research first because what I don't want to happen is because the normal cans have the ball in, like the draft cans have like oh, the, the, the fancy ball in, the little widget. So what I don't want to do is put this on top, start it, and then my room explodes because the thing can't handle having a little widget ball in it. So I will do some research. But any Guinness lovers, any alcohol lovers, Anyone of age, get yourself one, try it, and Guinness will be the most elite drink you've ever had in your life. Wow. With a fancy Guinness glass. Don't do Amazing. not do not dare drink it in any other pint glass. I'm not a snob, but when it comes to Guinness, I am a bit of a snob. If you've got bubbles in your head, you wait. <laughs> you've got bubbles in your head, you don't have, <laughs> you don't you don't you don't have a white head, then there's a big problem. But Moving on. Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody else had their mind blown recently? Does anyone else have bubbles on their head? Not recently, but so oh, there's because because when you went on about like things that blow your mind, I'm very mm. similar to have my mind blown. To be honest, it doesn't take much. But and there's only once that it's ever been disproved. So I don't think it is a fact because obviously, a hundred percent of the time it's not correct. But anyways, if you look at any packet of crisps and you look at the best before date or whatever it is, that date will always fall on a Saturday. That's wow. mind-blowing. Literally, I'd, I've never tried it with tu- Pringles tubes. I don't know if it's... it's. I don't think I've got any Pringles. But any packet, should the date should fall on a Saturday. And and literally... Last week at uh, Trafalgar Square, did you? Yeah. No, there were just, just the little stubby cans. It was the only time your hands were ever warm um, during that trip. That there's a market in that for, like, fetish lovers that live in cold climates. Um, but, yeah, so any... Like, since I found out that fact, I always check, because I'm sad and I don't really have much else going on in my life, I'll check the data and it's all, it always falls on a Saturday. And I oh, thought there was something... Sorry really really scientific about it and it's not apparently just the crisp companies their working day starts on a sunday and the last so they just put it for the last day of the week which is a saturday which is a, a kind of like kind of like that. that's a, that's a, but yeah a bit trivial wow yeah nice yeah so if you're in a we should we should, should make this a feature just the ra- random fact of the week <laughs> random yeah. fact of the week maybe if we return maybe it will do um, Joe, has anything blown your mind recently? Yeah. So I recently learned, right. Okay. So putting this back to you, do you know what planet on average is closest to the earth? Oh, here we go. Mercury. Oh, it's obviously those who can't see. Theoretically. Ian's using his fingers. I am. Theoretically, it should be <laughs> Ven- no, yeah, Venus or Mars. Theoretically. Yeah, it should. But it's actually Mercury. And in fact, Mercury, Mercury is on yeah. average. The, uh, the, yeah, and it's because of the way the orbits work. So apparently Mercury is the closest planet to any of the other, any of the other seven planets on average. Wow. Which is weird when you think about it, but it's just because, obviously because of the way the orbits work and the fact that a lot of the planets 
there's been times that you know apogees different part different periods of the orbit so yeah i just thought i was really weird because you'd think that for earth it would be either venus or mars but alas yeah. it's mercury have you seen that have you cool. seen the 3d graphic of how orbit actually works because that is interesting it's like a race so it's just like the sun just travels however fast it travels and we're all just chasing after the sun like imagine if like Imagine if, like, imagine oh, we're, all, if we, we're not chasing yeah. after it, we're being pulled by it, but yeah. But imagine if we like pulled yeah. with a hummy or something, and then like we're like screw, yeah, yeah. like oh, we steal it, the heat. I mean, be a nightmare, yeah. anyway. Scott, what blows your mind? <laughs> um, so I've not only had my mind blown this week, but I've had my world destroyed. Um, I thought you were gonna go a completely different angle there. Oh, this is, um, <laughs> no, yeah, um, so. A lot of you probably don't know this, but I'm a very, very big hip hop fan. Um, have been all my life. Um, I make it. I, I, I just love it completely. Um, and one of my favorite artists is a person you probably heard of is Notorious B.I.G. Um, who, for those that don't know, Harry was probably before you were born. Is a is a is a gentleman who made music back in the early '90s, so definitely before you were born. Um, but this week. Uh, I found out that my whole life has been a bit of a lie. Oh. So, yeah, I know, right? I was on TikTok or Instagram or one of these things, just death scrolling as you do, and this thing came up. And basically, uh, so Notorious B.I.G. released a song called Juicy, uh, which sampled a track called Juicy Fruit. Um, and if you haven't heard it, go and check it out after this podcast, and uh, you'll, you'll, it'll blow your mind because it's a great song. Anyway, in 1993... There was a guy in Mississippi called Notorious B1 who released a track called Big Daddy and it samples Juicy Fruit. And the sample is the same. His flow, in terms of how he rhymes, is identical to Notorious B.I.G. And this guy never spoke of it at all until recently. And it's absolutely destroyed me because... Like this artist that I've loved for so long, he's just is stole it, everything is it from fraud? this guy. Well, here's where the conspiracies comes in because people think that what happened was Puff Daddy, back when he was a struggling AR working for whatever record company it was, saw this guy and basically said, "Well, I need someone from New York because that's where what, what we are. I've got another guy who I've got my eye on, very similar." Can we use your flow and everything? Call them Notorious B.I.G. and we'll just give you a cut of everything that we ever make. And that's the conspiracy behind it. Now, where this gets really more interesting and, and where it really hurt me was in that song, um, Juicy, Notorious B.I.G. says the line quote where it goes from the Mississippi down to the East Coast, which is where he's from. So it's just completely blew my mind of this whole thing has just been blown open in front of us. Wow. And I'm just like, I've no, I've, distraught. I've no idea what to think. I'm distraught. I'm confused. I am pacing around my flat, just shaking my head. Scott, I don't know who that is. Harry, I never say this about people, but I actually, I actually hate you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you don't. No. You, you're, you're joking, right? You've never heard of Notorious B.I.G.? You haven't even I, heard of him. I, I, I've heard Biggie of Smalls. I've, okay. I've heard of him. Is it the same bloke? That's the same. It's the same bloke. Yeah. Right. 
Wait, what is this? What is a song? Because I know I, I imagine you sound exactly like him. Start. Give me um, a, a snippet of a not, song. That's not. It was, it was just a dream. Song. Is that that one? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it was just a dream. Harry, that's all I know. The, you're in the you're in the group chat. I posted the two videos. You can check it out afterwards. Right, I um, will. But yeah. For anyone listening who wants to have a look at this, listen to Notorious B.I.G. Juicy and then search on YouTube because it's not on anywhere else. It was only released on cassette many, <laughs> many years ago. Harry doesn't know what a cassette is. He doesn't know what a cassette is. It's a, th- it's a thing with those like, black things that come out and it's like when it's like, it's like the, 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 the twirl yes. and then it goes, if it goes wrong. I mean, it does in, in Mickey Mouse cartoons, it does, yes, but not in real life. No. <laughs> um, but no, what Mickey Mouse to is, yeah, do you know who Mickey Mouse is? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. He's Spider-Man's hot best dog, man, right? dog. Yeah. Oh, bringing it back there. Bringing it back to roll over hot dogs. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diddly dog. That's what he sings, isn't it? Mickey Mouse. That's one of his songs. Oh, in fairness, yeah, Harry's probably Holy. watched Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse more recently than any of us. That is and you've got a child? More and, I, and I have a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, the, the other song... Because I don't want people not to sit, not to know this if they are interested. Probably not. Probably I'm just me being an old man talking bollocks. But um, the other song is by Notorious B. One, and it's called Big Daddy. Um, and ironically, final thing on this, Notorious B. I. G. also released a song called Big Papa. So I, it's just it's all <laughs> intertwined and it's all it's all coming back. All one B. I. G. Conspiracy. I all living nearly, on an island somewhere. I nearly shed a tear. I nearly shed a tear. But anyways. I do have Enough one. of this. Let's. Oh yes, go on, Harry. Go on. Just to bring it back to Newcastle with things that blow your mind, and this is a, a reach out for anyone that may listen to this, and I hope it's someone that this happened to. Now, at Trafalgar Square, there was someone with what looked to be a very heavy bag, and I was thinking, what's going on with? Like, and I, he was just standing there with a really heavy bag, like a, just a carrier bag, and I got closer to him, and I realised he was weighing in this bag. Now, this carrier bag was not allowed to be thrown. It wasn't allowed to be dropped. It had to be had to stay with the person that urinated in it last and passed to the next. So you weren't allowed to drop it. You had to walk around with the bag full of alcoholic urine and then pass to the next person who wanted to have a weight. Now, that blew my mind because who in their right mind is going, I'll take that bag off you to have a weight in it and then carrying it around with them for the next X amount of minutes trying to find someone else. So if anyone knows who had that last, if there was a prize for having it last, or if it was thrown, if it was next, whatever whatever happened. What and actually the worst thing about this whole thing, what made me it wasn't the fact that they were weighing in the bag, it was the weight of it. So it was a, a dark green carrier bag. And do you know when you uh, pull the bag for life? Was it no, a bag for life? It, it, no, no. Oh. It was was it one of the? Was it? Was now, it a ten p bag or a five p bag then? No, no. It was like a, where the, the white handles or bags, just the whole one thing. Yeah, white. No, it was white handles, green. Uh, no, details, black handles, yeah. green bag. It was M and S food. If I'm going to be completely honest. Oh well, I mean, that wasn't just yeah, any quality. carrier bag. That was an M and S carrier bag. The dark green started to go white. So do you know when you pull plastic? And it yeah, starts yeah, to yeah. change yeah, colour. So yeah. There was a rim around the top of the bag oh, that Jesus. started to go white because it was that heavy. You, you so get a good look at this, knows, you? you sure you weren't carrying it? <laughs> I'm absolutely, well, I was next to it. That's what I was saying. I was. Were you were you playing past the piss bag? Is that what you were saying here? Yeah? Uh, absolutely, I was playing past the piss bag. But <laughs> I want to know if any if anyone out there, please just somehow get on Twitter or whatever you may do. Try find my Twitter and just message me if you've got any information about this bag because ever since I'm thinking. 
what happened to that? Because surely no one threw it because we have respect for each other. And I doubt... It sounds like it's really too heavy I, to I throw. Doubt, I doubt someone took it home. Like, sure, I'd, I'd want to know what happened with this bag. Of I think if they, were take, if they were taking alcohol off people on the um, on the platform, they're definitely taking a bag of piss off somebody on the platform. Well, we'll find right, out. At least. <laughs> we'll find but out. Don't, I want to don't carrier bags have small holes in them? I thought all carrier bags had to have this, small holes in to stop kids suffocating them. This I, bag, suffer- I promise you didn't. But horrific. Hang on, this well, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I, yeah, you, hang on, hang you, on. Ne- you nearly what? <laughs> right, so... Funny enough, I'm holding in here. So I'm asthmatic, and when I was little, um, <clears> I had you know one of them big space bubbles. It's called a volumatic concentrator. I, I, I used to be asthmatic. The, I mean, but the soak. I don't know if they mean medicine cabinets not up there, but the, they they're so streamlined these days. But yeah. the old ones were like in the olden days, they were like the size of my head. So, anyways, I used to keep it in like a plastic bag just so it didn't get like dust on it. In where shops used to like have the. Well, I'm assuming they still do. Where they used to have like the carrier bags on a stand, and there was like a like a cutout piece for where the handles were. Put them on. Um, All oh, right, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So one of them got stuck in the mouthpiece, but I didn't realise. Inhaled it when I took the inhaler, and it went over my windpipe, and I nearly died. Yeah, I have well, so many questions about how that part, of the, how that part of a bag got into your mouthpiece. Like what, what? Um, why? Because I, I kept it in. A plastic bag, so I'm assuming it just hadn't oh, okay. been pulled all the way through. And then when when I've wrapped it up, it's detached and went into the mouthpiece. Right, right. Um, just when you're on about suffocating. Yeah. I mean, I, I do want to give credit, <laughs> Harry, for trying to bring it back on topic to Newcastle United, and we just totally went off an end <laughs> of that time. To be fair, it wasn't, it wasn't too Newcastle related. It was, it was not about a bag. Of piss, but yeah, it's about a bag of piss. More to Sunderland, to be fair. Ooh, I do um, have one more. It's a new, it's a fact about Newcastle. Well, it's a fact about the world, really, but it it revolves around Newcastle. So this, uh, and I told, uh, wait, this is true. I told Sophie this. Was, I know you've told it about eighteen times. Just because I really, I, I'm proud of being from Newcastle. But anyways, so the first ever city to, it's not sorry, the first ever street to be lit entirely by electric light was in Newcastle. And it was Ooh. mostly street. I also have a fact about Newcastle. I thought you were going down a different route. Gotham, that was the name of Newcastle. That's the first city to be nicknamed Gotham. So Batman lives in Newcastle. Yeah, oh. that, that's why the, the bar the Gotham has like, been there for, for forever. Is it still there, Gotham? Now. Nah, it's gonna. It's gonna now, is isn't it? it? It's opposite the, opposite the train station. It's, uh, it's the gonna, gonna Tavern. Aye, the gonna. The gonna are next to Subway, unfortunately. Um. Mm. You know what it is? I, haven't, I hate it. I haven't it been there for years. It's stuck in. And yeah. you're stuck to the floor. And it was smelled that's sweat. That's sweat. People, hold, people holding bags of piss just walking yeah. <laughs> We had a much better system for if we needed the toilet when we were gathered around. So I had a plastic bag to put all the empty cans in because I'm responsible like that. And what I used that for was like a, a modesty cover. A so co- if anyone needed... Shield, basically. Yeah. Meat, meat catcher. Um, so I would just hold the bag in front of someone that would weigh into a can and then whatever they did with that can was their business a can is dangerous dangerous it is I'm not going to why it's dangerous but you just use your brain I don't think you need to use your brain but it makes a shiver that's why Ian's got no Pringles because if we all learn anything from Stephen Best it is you piss in a Pringles tube because it has a wide opening um (laughs) 
And that's where we'll leave the wise man. He's a wise man. We we nearly got into trouble. Well, we didn't, but the other channel nearly got into trouble because of comments from the other one. So let's not go into there. So (laughs) let's bring it back to Newcastle um, and not about a bag of piss being passed around the fans at Trafalgar Square. Um, Ah, Enough about the Steve. We've mentioned we've mentioned a little bit about getting into Europe and you know whether it's feasible or whether it's not. But let's let's just. Let's just imagine, boys. Let's just close our eyes and take ourselves to a happy place where Newcastle finish fifth in the league and we're in what I still call the UEFA Cup. I don't know what the new fangled name is. It's the UEFA Cup. The, the, not the Champions League, but the proper Euro Cup one, not the conference bollocks, whatever the, the new one is. But the, I mean, saying that, I will happily take it if we get it next season, but UEFA Cup, right? What are the benefits and what are the drawbacks of Newcastle United getting into Europe next season? Well, the benefits straight up is you get to go some go to some really cool places. Personally, I'm desperate yeah. for us to uh, get a game up in Bruges. If you've ever been to Bruges in Belgium, it's a fantastic place, and I can't. And it's be great for um for an away day. Away I was going to go to Dortmund for the sausage. Dortmund for the sausage. <laughs> that's why. I, for the that's sausage. The yeah. Dortmund for the. That's sausage, the thing, we can yeah. take. That's the thing we can we can take uh, inspiration from all these clubs that we see around Europe for the food, bring it yeah. back, and then implement that at St James's Park. So that's an amazing. alcohol in the stands. Does, does, does nobody want a match in, in the Netherlands? Like, and come and visit me. I mean, how are lads? I was going to say, you <laughs> are on that, about like, I suppose. Yous are on about like fairly like nice cities and like nice countries, but like you get like random teams from like the arse end of Estonia and like. Kyrgyzstan or something that you might have to go to. Not that. Wait, saying that actually, it was ten years ago today that we played. Is it Angie Mach- Machikala? Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw it. There, like there was literally seventy fans. fans there, but yeah. in a, it was in the Luzhniki Stadium, which I'm fairly certain is the national stadium because Angie couldn't play in, in their ground. So there was like I think five or six thousand fans in total in like a seventy thousand seater stadium. But yeah, so. Obviously, I would, and I've said this on other podcasts, I would love for us to draw Ajax in the Champions League and I get to just walk, I think I'm 15 minutes away from the Cruyff Arena. Um, I hope I am because I'm going to see Beyonce there in June. So I um, hope it's only there because that's where I need to go. Um, but a benefit, a benefit I think most people will think, but I don't think has much bearing on, is attracting players. Yes, it's obvious that for most players, we will attract probably a higher calibre in Europe. But is that really the case when you look at some of the players we've signed? Kieran Trippier, who was playing week in, week out in, in, you know, in Europe, in the Spanish League, winning the Spanish League, whatever. You've got Bruno, who was, you know, in the Champions League. Uh, Sven Botman and Isak were all regulars in Europe and in, you know, in those competitions. They all gave up that to come to us because of the project. So is us getting Europe as big of a draw for players than it would have been had we not have been taken over? So say if it was Ashley's Newcastle, we had a crazy run, we came sixth, Ashley decides to spend some money. Do we get the same calibre of player than we do now because of the project? It's all to do with pick-up lines, isn't it? I think it's all to do with pick-up lines. I think it's almost like with Kieran Trippier, Bruno, we've said to them, this is our rough plan of where we want to be in X amount of years. 
which brings us back to getting in the fight in, in the final at Wembley this year. I don't think that yeah. was expected for another two years, um, or another year at least. But I think it all depends on that and how effective that can still be. Because what you don't want is us to be up there now challenging and then us to have a sudden dip in form, which we have kind of hit at the minute, and drop maybe Conference League or just below that. Because then mm. players will go, well, uh, can you can we, Can we? you promise me that? Is that not going to happen again next year? But I suppose, like you said, like when you got Bruno Trippier, I think if we didn't have Trippier, he was one of our biggest drawing factors, I'd say, for a lot of other players to join. Because they've gone, crazy. England national, Atletico Madrid playing with some of the best players in the world against the best players in the world, and he's yep. decided to go to to Newcastle. Like that's probably why we got Bruno, why we've got uh, Isaac, why we got the, the legend that is Chris Wood. So I think you're absolutely kind of bang on about kind of saying like it's bringing the the players in. Um, but I do think if we did get European football, I think that adds. Another level where you say we that's where we are now. So yeah. if we're there now, we're getting more money. We've got more to play with in terms of financial fair play. So that means in January, in next summer, you're going to be like met with another two world class players to keep pushing. Well, what I'll say is that we wouldn't have gotten Bruno. And I agree with you, Harry. We wouldn't have gotten Bruno if we hadn't have sold him a dream that we were going to be playing Champions League in the next three four years. We probably wouldn't have gotten Botman either. I think this uh, this ownership has done a fantastic job at selling everyone a dream, and and to be fair, based on everything that they've done so far, they they are on track to um to 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 you know actually for like realize that dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Phil, yeah. realize that dream, and I mean, you spoke about Trippier there. He always said, I mean, he said in one of his interviews that he was always looking uh, to stay in Spain only short term and that he always wanted to come back to the Premier League. I think looking at where we were as a club when he joined, it was a perfect match, I think, because we were a club that theoretically is on the up, that could guarantee him first team football, that was back in the north. He's, you know, roughly where he's from. And and I think I think it matched perfectly for for both parties. So I mean, like I say, every player has their own reasons for 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 coming or for not coming. Uh, if we don't get, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a big issue if we don't get Champions League in this first season because, like we say, we're a bit ahead of schedule. I think what what does worry me slightly though is that getting European football in any form, then. Uh, then what well, well, that what that'll do is it'll obviously expose any weaknesses that we have in the squad. We spoke about it earlier in the uh, in the podcast that we have a very very thin squad that we need to bolster massively with quality. And you and I do think that if you have um, if you can walk the walk and if and if you can get to a cup final and get Europe in your first full season as an ownership, you can continue to sell that dream to future players the same way you've done with Bruno, the same way, same way that you've done with like the likes of Botman. Uh, etc. In Isak, these are young players who are scouted throughout Europe, and you know, the, I think they're looking at Newcastle and thinking they can be on that same trajectory as as I am with my own personal career as they are with the club. So, like I say, short term, I don't think it's a problem. I think if we get Europe, I do worry about our squad depth, but I think that'll be at least um, somewhat patched over in the summer. I think we need to look at getting Champions League in the next two seasons though to, to keep that ca- getting that calibre of players that, we, yeah, uh, that we've gotten so far I may be in a massive pessimist 
I remember when we first started, when we got in Q and Trippier and Bruno, the way my head went is I don't want to become, well, the, I don't want the team to become, kind of get a bad rep from top level scouts with top level players. So I didn't want us to have a massive stink of that season and have a stink of this season for them then to go, oh, well, they've said to my player that they're going to do this, 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 and they've achieved none of it. And then would, I feel like we'd have been stuck for such a long time because people didn't want to do business with us in terms of the agents. But now, like you're saying, we've had a fantastic season up to now. It's been brilliant. And realistically, no matter what happens this season, we've got to Wembley. It's been a fantastic season. So that's what you then sell next season as well. It's like We've got Wembley first season. And I don't know about you lot, and I would like to ask this question. Where do you think on that timeline, if they did have a timeline, where do you think Wembley was on that timeline in any kind of uh, like League Cup um, or... Or, or FA Cup, where do you think that was on the on the kind of where they expect us to be? My, right, what I'll say is, I don't think Man United's been to Wembley in, well, they hadn't been to Wembley about six years. They kept banging on yeah. about. Um, I mean, Wembley's not a guarantee for any club except for Man City because <laughs> they're <laughs> ridiculous, they're an anomaly. But Wembley is an absolute privilege for anyone to go, and it doesn't matter how successful you are, you only get two chances to do it domestically uh, per season. And yeah. It's a it's a very difficult competition. What I will say though, I think I think looking to get to a cup final or at least a cup semi final, that I think that probably would have been in their five year plan. Oh, absolutely. I think I think domestic cups success to them success wouldn't be winning the cup. It would be reaching a, a quarter or a semi or, or a final. Yeah, it's a status um, thing as well. Yeah, I think I think more in terms of a target they would have had finishing in a European spot would have been a a. a, a a target they would have seen more achievable than winning a domestic cup. Um, and I think, personally, I think that was probably a five-year plan. I think, and I'm talking to get Champions League there, I'm thinking, you know, maybe have two seasons where you finish top 10, which would be in this season and next. You build on that and you build on that and you build a squad that's capable of becoming a European side. Because, I mean, you just got to look at West Ham this season, right? They're qualified for Europe. And their relegation, well, they were relegation contenders. I, I can't, can't remember where they are now. I think I don't, I don't think the two, yeah, I think there's about, I'm sure there's about six there. points separates, like 12 and, from the bottom. And you could three. argue West Ham have a much better squad than we do in terms of personnel, names on sheets, players looking at stats, right? But um, obviously, you've got to win games, and, and that's where we've have, have excelled. And partly because those teams have got European football. You see it season after season when Leicester won the league. They didn't capitalise on that win in terms of bolstering their squad. They got Champions League football and I don't think they even qualified for Europe until the season after to, to get back in. I think they, And then they got rid of Mores, Kante, got rid of their top, top players. Well, look at us when we finished fifth. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a new thing. Like, mm. when you look at it, going back, uh, and I remember it was around the time that we finished fifth. I think we signed Vernon and Nita in the summer, yeah. and that was it. But then when you looked at the, the seasons previous, I think Fulham possibly got to the final of the UEFA Cup, but were in a relegation battle the next season. We were in a relegation battle. Stoke, um, Portsmouth, but Portsmouth, very, very weak, weak side anyway. Um, but all these teams that have got the some sort of European football if you're not an elite club because you don't have 
the a the pull and power or b the finances to then bolster your squad to compete in a Premier League in a in a European Cup and then in the domestic cups you struggle. It's it's not a new yeah. thing, which is it, the pessimist in is that's what worries us a little bit, and that's why I was why I sort of bang on about the January window. I don't think we should have went out and bought four or five first starting eleven players. But I feel that we should have made, even got in maybe another one or two that were an upgrade on the likes of Matt Ritchie, on an upgrade on Jacob Murphy, on Jamal Lewis. Because I think if we do get European football, the task of getting, and I know it will be progressive, but again, with the expectancy of the fans, they'll expect we to then go far in, in the European competition. And I just feel that, I don't think they've set themselves up to fail but I just feel like it's going to be a much harder task to then build a squad that is able to compete and do compete and do well in the Premier League to then maintain European spots and yeah. compete in, in another competition. What you're saying yeah. there is probably the biggest drawback, isn't it? If we, I, I yeah. don't know about yourselves, mm. we haven't really spoken about it, but I think that may be the biggest drawback is kind of how, how are we going to be able to cope with yeah. what Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp moan about all the time, like how can we play on a Tuesday and a Saturday? But it with us, how can we do that? At the position that we're in at the minute, we I don't think we'd be able to. I think we'd struggle massively. Yeah. And if you look at the Sheffield FA Cup game where we played a lesser team, we, we might have to... We would have to sacrifice domestic year. Cups. Yeah, yeah we would exactly have to sacrifice that. domestic Cups in order oh, you, to... Oh, you get, you get a lot of players in. Well, I don't know how many you're allowed to sign, but you get loan players in. You try and leverage FFP to your advantage, like what Chelsea were doing this season with signing players on ridiculously long contracts. Just don't do what Man City that's did. no longer a thing... Where, oh yeah, you just fiddle the books like Man City. I think there's a five-year rule coming in now. There's a maximum contract you can offer to combat that mm-hmm. Chelsea um, exploit. Um, and I'm calling it an exploit because that's that's what they've done. I mean, they've, they've signed players on eight-year deals. Massive risk. Massive risk. If these players don't hit the ground running, which, let's be honest, none of them have yet. Um, Chelsea aren't doing too great at the moment. Um, they also burn really through managers. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I the mean, thing that fills me with a lot of confidence, though, sorry, but I think the thing that fills me with a lot of confidence about we've not repeating the likes of West Ham, um, the West Ham scenario, the lesser scenario is that we're getting some elite people behind the scenes that yeah. from the commercial side, from the scouting side, we have a really, uh, I think we've seen, we've seen a really comprehensive structure in place that to me just says, you know, it's going to be a very strong long term investment. In a strong, strong long-term improvement from all sides, I don't think that we're allowing ourselves to have a ceiling, or at least have a a short, you know, a small, like a, a a low ceiling. I think that the ceiling is is way in the future for us, just because of how much potential that we have to improve with the people that we're bringing. Bruno's in. comments today, I think everyone saw Bruno's yeah, comments today, saying yeah. for the next amount X amount of years, Newcastle will be in, in the Champions League. So he is being sold the absolute dream. He he must be fully invested in it. Because all this Real yeah. Madrid talk is getting me nervous. I can't lie because I think no matter as as a Newcastle fan, I'd be like, I wouldn't go. But you, uh, he has no connection. He, it's uh, he probably has no the one club no connection. To our club, yeah. Probably the one club that could draw anyone, regardless of where they're from, who they're playing I, for. Yeah, it, they, Real or Barca. Just, I think are the other two. But Barca got no money, so they can't buy anyone. Um, <laughs> they will find a way. They'll yeah. find a way somehow. Oh, they'll find. Yeah, I mean, they'll sell that TV rights for the next fifty years because yeah, that's yeah. going to be a thing in fifty years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I know it's um, I know it's cliche to say, 
but I do think it does have some merit that the uh, that the interaction and the support that the fans have been given to these new players, making them feel at home, making them feel yep. wanted within the city, within the club. Whilst obviously, you know, it, it's not going to have the same draw as a multi-million pound deal being put in front of you from Real Madrid, it does make a difference. And, you know, the likes of Bruno speak, uh, speak about it all the time, the fact that Joe Linton as well, you know, Almiron, all these players who are coming from, from you know, faraway countries that, that come to Geordie land and they get sucked up by the whole Newcastle bubble and they absolutely love it. And, you know, a lot when a lot of players can feel like they can call a place home. So you, it, you mentioned Miggy Almiron there, and I'm going to touch on something that uh, I can't decide whether it's a good or a bad thing. So Bruno's came in, Joe Linton's came in, Alan St. Maxman came in, and they all speak pretty good or, or, or basic English, and they're all pretty good at that. Almiron's been here for, what, five year now? Six year? How long has he been here? Is it four, four five year? And he doesn't speak a word of it. Does that say to you that he was using us as a feeder club? to go to one of the other teams or is it just that he's not you know he doesn't have the the want or the need to just learn the language and it's nothing like do you think that is in his mind when he signed for us he was like okay I'll come to Newcastle I'll do a season I'll be great and then I'll move on somewhere else and I don't need to learn English because I'll be gone in a, in a year or two and I love the that, lad you know, but he'd be deluded he'd be deluded if he thought that well but think about when we signed him. He was flying really high in MLS. He had a lot of hype around him. He had Rafa Benitez. It didn't work out. And then he got Bruce, right? And no one could could imagine that that would happen. So to him and his agent, obviously, I think, if I'm right, his agent said he has a 90 million release clause, or he did have. You know, I mean, they had big expectations for Miggy Almiron. He probably had big expectations for himself. So, you know, I'm not saying it's a problem that he hasn't yeah. learned English. That, you know, I'm... Do what you want, but do you think the fact that he hasn't done it is the fact that he wasn't expecting to stay as long as he has done in Newcastle? And now he's fallen kind of back in love with us, and, and you can tell that from the way he's playing, the way he is interacting with her. You know, I think he did an interview the other week um, with uh, was it Andy Sixsmith did an interview with him uh, for the Premier League, and he's speaking about now how he wants to stay. So... You know, to come back to to what I was saying originally, do you think he just came for like the right? I've got Premier League experience, I now want to go to Spain, and I want to play in the Spanish league, or I want to go to Italy, play in the Italian league. I don't think so. I mean, when you look at when he signed, I think we had quite a few Spanish players in in the squad, and uh, we had Rafa there as well. And then wasn't long after COVID happened, so the what? So you know, it was a very weird time. Um, I personally don't think so. Uh, would you rather he learn to use his right foot or learn English first? I don't know which one I'd rather. <laughs> I mean, like I say, I'd, it's, it's not a problem that he doesn't speak English. I mean, he probably obviously knows a few words. I mean, now I've lived in the Netherlands for six years now. I don't speak a word of Dutch. Is right? that because I mean, you think not... that you're going to get a, a transfer to a Spanish I'm gonna, uh, using I'm getting a transfer to, to uh, yeah, the, the, Wisconsin. the Spanish division. Um, I'm, go I'm, I'm going to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. No, um, no but that, I mean, it's not for want to try. And if I'm being honest with you, Dutch is a very, very hard language to learn. And I've, we have tried, but was English. different reasons. I'm not getting into that. But I reckon yeah, English, English is, is probably the hardest. Hard, yeah. maybe, it's, maybe it's just he's not academically clever. It could be you that. Know, that. That's the other thing. I mean, footballers are notoriously not the smartest people in the world when it comes to 
academics, right? Because they generally don't spend that much time in school. They get signed up at a young age and they they play football and, and that's all they know. And you get the odd few who, you know, they've got degrees and all that, and that's great. But a lot of them are kids from the street who have had pretty bad upbringing, but they can play good football and they would, you know, they just don't have that background or whatever it is to... I'm to, sure to I'll be honest, Phil, his birth certificate, to be honest, because I'm sure he's still 13 when you look at him like, I'm sure he's still a child. He must still be a child. He's the opposite he's of Aubrey Martins, isn't he? So Aubrey Femi Martins was 21, but looked 50. <laughs> and Almiron is 27 and looks 15. Um, yeah. So was that player in Italy? I can't, I can, I can't well, remember his name. Bemba, didn't he? Didn't he recently have oh, a contract yeah. terminated because his age was wrong or something? Um, I think that was only this season or last season. There's only like a two-year difference in his age, though, or something. I think it was like I don't uh, know why. I'm sure he had three. He's had three birth certificates or something like that. But there was a player in Italy a couple of seasons ago. And I can't for the life of us remember what his name is. But he looked like he was about, I'd say, sixty, seventy, and apparently he was only like seventeen. I can't, but then there was the reverse where there was someone that was like, um, someone. Hold on, what was what would be the reverse of that? Someone that was really old but looked really young. That was a really shit story. That that's a that's a good that's <laughs> a good that was, like me. Um, yeah, that was like me. That was like me at the start. That was like me at the start of the podcast where I was like, uh uh, where am I? <laughs> it's getting late, so I'm it is getting late by now. <laughs> you know, it's been let's, a long one this like to be fair. I hope people have enjoyed it. Yeah, I hope people have enjoyed it because it is something we're looking to do. It's still 10 to 4 on Ian's clock if you're, so, well, you're not watching because we're not releasing some video, but yeah. Um, they know. They I, think, know. I think this is a good time to wrap it up. We do have more topics you want to cover, but we'll cover them in other episodes. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Like I said, we hope you've enjoyed this. This is something we've trialled. Um, you may not hear this ever again. You may hear this again in a couple of weeks. We'll see how the feedback goes, but we thought we'd try it. We thought people would enjoy it. Um, please let us know. Reach out to us on the socials. Um, reach out to us via the new website, nufcpodcast.com. Uh, there's a contact us form. Let us know through that. Uh, if you remember, reach out to us on the Telegram group. Let us know if you've liked it. Um, but like I've said, thanks for watching. We we'll, should hopefully be back. Plenty more to come on the channel. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Ian. Thank you so I've much. really enjoyed this. It's been Me good too. just having a, been having a canny chatter. Sports Social Podcast Network.